but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and our sandals are worn, worn out by the very long journey. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbours living near them. So the Israelites set out and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth and Kiriath, Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, we have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. They continued, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly. So the leader's promise to them was kept. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, why did you deceive us by saying we live a long way from you while actually you live near us? You are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land to wipe out all its inhabitants from before you. So we feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did this. We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. That day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the assembly to provide for the needs of the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose, and that is what they are to this day. Uh, thank you, Michelle. And yes, uh, that is possibly the least Pentecost reading you could possibly get out of the Bible. And uh, there's probably a very good reason for it, actually. It is a wonderful example of not Pentecost. So how does it relate to today? It relates to today by showing you what life is like without Pentecost. It's an example of uh, not Pentecost. You can learn a lot from the not, uh, because when you see life uh, without something wonderful, you have a greater appreciation for having it in your life. So uh, Joshua 9, we hear about the Gibeonites, uh, who were near neighbours. They were actually very scared of the Israelites. They were fearful of uh, the living God. And they decided to come up with what is actually quite a masterful deception. Uh, they know that they're an enemy because of where they live. They live nearby. That's the problem for them. So they pretend that they do not live nearby. They pretend to have traveled from a long way off, that they have uh, heard about the fame of the Lord God of Israel. So they pretend to be friends and uh, they pretend that they are not a problem and uh, instead a distant partner to uh, make a treaty. They want to make a binding agreement of peace so that they avoid warfare. Um, 
it's a great trick. And it works. <laughs> it works. They've got props and everything. Um, they've, they've got old sacks and uh, their clothes are old and broken and they've even got some dry and moldy bread. One of the funniest parts of this story, God has a sense of humor. The Bible is funny, right? There are many funny moments in the Bible. Always look out for them. Here's one of them. Um, uh, this, <laughs> this is what the Gibeonite delegation says to the Israelites. They, they say, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. Look, this bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is and these wineskins that we uh, filled were new but see how cracked they are and our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. And it says, the Israelites sampled their provisions. <laughs> like... Who was that guy? He was like, yeah, I'm not sure you're from a long way away. I can see maybe it's dry and moldy bread. Let me test it first. And he's like, they ate the dry and moldy bread. Okay, you are from a long way away. It's like, that's funny. I think that's funny. Um, so there's, there's funny moments. But uh, what is not funny is what immediately is said after that. So they sampled some of their provisions, but they did not inquire of the Lord. Uh, that is not so funny. They didn't ask for God's guidance and his leading. So what they end up doing is making uh, what they think are good plans... But these good plans, from their human perspective, they end up with very messy outcomes. They end up striking a deal with the wrong group. They've settled for just okay. They've settled for that'll do. They're now locked into a substandard arrangement in life. Uh, if you read on into chapter 10, uh, you find out that um, the other enemy forces gang up against the city of Gibeon, and now because of Israel's treaty with them, they have to help out. So they're, they're locked into this messy situation. Now, God helps them out, God blesses them, and it works out okay for good in that situation, but it's substandard. This is not how it's meant to be, even though they thought... They were making a good call here. It's an unnecessary mess. And how often is life like that for us? We live in an unnecessary mess. We live in unnecessary disagreements. We live in unnecessary conflicts. We make substandard agreements and scenarios for ourselves in life. We think we make good decisions. <laughs> Mostly I think we think we're good, good decision makers, right? You know, we've got the information in front of us, we make an assessment of how things are and we go and make a decision based on that and we think we're doing okay, but how often do we miss something? There are things that we don't see, whether that is uh, in a business deal or whether that is in a, a financial purchase whether that is uh, in a, uh, the relationships that we invest in and our living arrangements. We think we make good decisions, but there's something that we don't see that means it ends up in a mess. Erin uh, and I bought a house in uh, Mitcham in the middle of the global financial crisis. Um, 
it was a very unsettling time. Uh, but anyway, God, God uh, was uh, with us in that process, which was lovely. I learned a lot from that process of buying a house. Um, one of the things I, I learned is that uh, when you buy a house, you look at so many of the aspects of the house, like incredible levels of detail, because you know, you're spending so much money on this thing, you want to check through all of the detail. So you look at the measurements, and how big is the property, and do the taps work in the toilet, and do the, you know, how does the kitchen layout work, how is the, and, the, and the plants outside. You look at all of this detail, what do you not look at? Your neighbours. What, what do your neighbours like to do at 5am in the morning? You don't, like, it's, it's not on the section 32 and, and you can't really find it out. It's not going to be on realestate.com. There's always things about, you know, how loud their car is and uh, does the street have any sense of community and looking out for each other? Do they have a Christmas party on the street and is it like this political battle <laughs> that you unknowingly walk into. There are so many things that we don't see in life. We have no idea and there's no way for us to know about them in advance. There's so much of life where we just have no idea. There will always be for us Gibeonite deceptions. There will always be, <laughs> it seems like, there'll always be spam calls and texts and emails. There's always uh, things that are trying to lead us astray. No matter how good our plans are that we make, we pretty much always end up with messy outcomes. When we don't have God's wonderful guidance, when we don't inquire of the Lord, then at best, uh, this is what we get. We might get some good plans, but we usually have messy outcomes. We have the typical, usual disunity that every community has, and we have grumbling, complaining, and criticizing. Uh, the flow and effect within Israel is that we get a very normal, a very common uh, disunity. This is what it says. Uh, three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, and the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. And then it says, the whole assembly grumbled against the leaders. And don't, don't we all love to grumble and complain and criticize? Uh, there's something about it that feels good. Feels good to grumble and complain and criticize others because it means the spotlight of shame is not on us. Like it's nice having the spotlight on someone else. It's so easy to fall into a pattern of grumbling, complaining, and uh, criticizing. It's so much easier to criticize than it is to be a part of the solution. Being a problem solver and an active partner in dialogue to sort out a mess is so much harder than the easy work of having a whinge. So uh, this is where Joshua and the leaders of Israel, the whole assembly of Israel have ended up. They seem, they have uh, what they thought was a good plan, but it's messy outcomes. They have disunity and widespread grumbling. So that's not Pentecost. Now contrast this with the day of Pentecost and living in light 
of Pentecost, the pouring out of God's Spirit, the start of the church, the birth of the church is when that promise from Joel is fulfilled. If you're in the room and you have a name tag, you've got this written on your name tag. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Prophetic vision, dreams, these are forward-looking things, things that help us see beyond what we normally see, help us see things that the Israelites didn't see when the Gibeonites came to them. These are things for us to help us in life. Uh, The prophetic ministry, uh, the dreams, the visions that God gives to the church when we are living out the day of Pentecost, means that instead of just uh, good plans and messy outcomes, we actually get God's plans and heavenly outcomes. Uh, Instead of the typical disunity we see all around us, we instead get a supernatural unity. And on that first day of Pentecost, the uh, believers who were gathered together were able to speak in languages so that uh, the outsiders could understand. People were drawn in with amazement about what was happening and it all ends up with this phrase. All the believers, and uh, Aaron shared this already today, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There is no hint of grumbling, complaining and criticizing. There is just honoring, thanksgiving, joy and love. Pentecost makes all the difference. With God's spirit poured out, when we ask, and we inquire of the Lord, life is different, life is renewed. We call Pentecost the birth of the church, when the wind of the Spirit blows, that uh, stale air is forced out, that that haze uh, that chokes out life disappears in an instant, and the air is clear and fresh, and that light of God is all around. The Holy Spirit enters our lives and we become a new creation. It turns us around. It turns our lives upside down in a wonderful way. How good is it to have stale, broken things blown out of our lives and to have clear, fresh air, to see forward, to help us, to have God's help in those decisions that we can't make ourselves that we have God's input into the mess to clear out the mess and to lead us into life and the fullness of life in Jesus. This is the church that we're made to be. We're made to rely on the Lord, to inquire of Him. This is Pentecost, that God is here right now. 
God is in our midst, here in the building. Uh, For you online, we are one in the Spirit, this Pentecost and every day of our lives as Christians. The wonderful news is that this story goes on. The day of Pentecost has not ended. So may you receive that wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, clearing out, guiding you, giving you direction, And may we have a wonderful ministry in this church of hearing from the Lord, inquiring of Him, and that prophetic, those visions, those dreams where He would lead us. Amen. Well, I would like to do that now. Uh, So initially, I'm going to actually... Uh, ask Ajit to come and share a story because uh, instead of me talking a bit more, um, uh, Ajit has a story that uh, demonstrates this in a wonderful way. So he's going to come and share. Come forward. 